0: hello and welcome to the uk personal finance show with phil anderson the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need this is episode 157 where in a moment we chat more than motivation with guest expert fiona mcintosh that's in just a sec as i say but please bear in mind if you have a general financial query you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here and you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows because in our programs to date we featured loads of stuff mortgages investing wills and powers of attorney and heaps more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. Last time, we discussed life insurance for the over 60s with guest expert Catherine Knowles, Managing Director of Cura Financial Services. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow this show. And in that way, You'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis, and here's the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. And welcome to Fiona. Thanks for coming on the show. Before we we jump on to the topic, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and and your business, Fiona.
1: Yeah. Hi, John. Lovely to meet you as well. And you. I, I live in Caithness on the north coast of Scotland, surrounded by lots of animals and wide open spaces, and I love it. My background is in education, delivering computing and business-related subjects at the University of the Highlands and Islands. I love teaching, working with people and helping them achieve. And now my business, More Than Motivation, continues those values. It's all about people performance. I work with both organisations and individuals. From an organisational perspective, I help businesses get the most out of their people by helping owners and managers look at employee wellbeing from a strategic point of view. I also offer leadership and team development, which of course ties in with wellbeing as well. And using the Liberating Leadership Programme and Motivational Maps tool, I try to create cohesive, high functioning teams. From an individual perspective, which is Likely more relevant to today's show, I help people achieve their potential through coaching. So whether it's developing resilience or a growth mindset, changing career, helping someone get out of a rut, coaching is a great way to affect change. Be all you want to be. So that's that's me.
0: Absolutely, coaching is something that Phil. I know every every time I've known. Phil, at various points when we've sort of caught up over the years, Phil, you've nearly always had a coach or at least at least one in the background helping you to uh, to progress in in your life and in your work. I know we'll probably touch on this in, in more detail later in the show as well by way of example, but your own company is working with Fiona right now. Tell us a bit about that.
2: Yeah, that's right. I am a great advocate of coaching for for a number of things. I mean, that you, you could say a financial advisor as is, is a money coach, you could almost say. But I, I've always been like big advocate of coaching i've got a guy that i'm dealing with for health things at the moment we're, we're doing work with fiona and what we're doing there it's called motivational maps so fiona at the moment's doing that with all of our staff it's been really insightful and i know after one session that i did with fiona i took an awful lot from it as well and i've been finding it really quite interesting I try to see things
0: like what makes you tick what's your drivers It's it's been really interesting Okay, Fiona, in terms of our topic, More Than Motivation, and given what you do, how how does that tie into the show in terms of personal finance, if you like?
1: Okay, so um, there's a few ways that it might tie in with personal finance. Um, the obvious one might be where someone struggles to mer- to manage their personal finances. And my role would not be to advise someone on this. I would leave that to Phil and his team. Um, but I can help with things like habits, eliminating poor ones, developing good ones, goal setting, not giving up. And much of that can come some- from understanding someone's motivations. Another area might be um, helping someone with their motivation levels. So if someone's becoming de they're likely to become disengaged at work, make mistakes, turning up late, not caring about what they're doing. And that could mean not getting the promotion that they want, misses sickness, absence, or even losing their jobs. And obviously, if you work for yourself, motivation is a key factor for success. So you can have the skills and the knowledge, but without the energy, you won't achieve your potential. So the motivational maps tool that Phil mentioned helps people understand what truly motivates them and what they can do to boost their motivation As part of the work that I do.
0: You know, some of uh, some of our favourite shows that, that we've we've done, Phil, and I'm sure you'll agree with me here, they're less to do with finance and more to do. It's kind of like a secondary thing we do on maybe every, I don't know, what, 20, 30 shows where we talk about goals and what you have now, where you want to get to. And I always love doing shows like this, don't you? Yeah, definitely.
2: We, we speak a lot about products, but it, it's the outcomes that you want. That That's the thing. It's like, I mean, for me, it's thinking, right, what's going to motivate me to want to save more for retirement? Remember, one of the favourite shows that we did was on holidays. Holidays yeah. motivate me a lot. So um, I, I'm always thinking, right, I want to save up for my next trip away. And that that's kind of... What a big motivational factor for myself, but no, I love it. any shows where it's speaking about motivations, goals,
0: and doing well, that, that is, that's ones I really enjoy doing. Yeah, and I'm the one that gets left behind when you go on holiday, so I'm probably demotivated. <laughs> I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. It sounds to me, though, that you can you can use a, a motivational profile to, to diagnose just about anything in yourself, someone else, or or in groups of people, companies even, Fiona.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Motivational Maps is my flagship tool for the simple reason that I absolutely love them. It's a great tool for helping people with career choices or progression to recognise their own motivations, how that impacts their performance, how it might affect the language they use with other people, how it might affect rubs that they have with other people, and to develop understanding of the other point of view and create more harmony. From a team perspective, it can help leaders understand the individuals and in their team so that they can give individualised incentives or rewards and look at where there might be gaps in the team, which is particularly useful when recruiting. So it's an endless source of information to, to aid decision-making and communications.
2: Do you want to take us through an outline of the process then, Fiona? How can you use someone's motivational profile to help them with, say, career choices, for an example?
1: Okay, so there are nine motivators. We all have all of them, just in different orders and different levels of intensity. There's no right or wrong profile. It's all about context. And it's for me to use the profile to ask the right questions to help people consider what's a good fit for them. So the process really would be that I would have a conversation with Well, it would depend if I'm working with an individual or an organisation. But if I'm working with an organisation like yourself, have a conversation um, with the boss to find out what it is that they're looking to achieve, what problems they might be having. And we would come up with a message to go out to the team to introduce the motivational maps, then send a link out for everybody to access a short questionnaire that they complete On completion of that, they would receive a PDF report, which is a a fairly generic report, but it gives them a bit of an idea of their primary motivators and their lowest motivator, which can be quite important. Um, And I would do a feedback session with them, which is around coaching that person, asking the right questions to find out, where they are, how their current role meets meets their primary motivators, where it doesn't meet their primary motivators, and finding ways that they, actions that they can take to try and improve their motivation.
2: What what impact does it have, Fiona, if some of these motivators aren't being met?
1: So motivation, it's probably easiest to start by talking about that. Motivation is fairly easily recognised. So someone's energetic, they're purposeful, they've got get up and go. Unfortunately, demotivation is less easily identified, so it, it tends to creep up on us, being chipped away a little bit at a time. And at first, it might be that we just don't have the same enthusiasm for the work we're doing or we don't have the energy to give some task at all. Then we might not be as focused. We might find it difficult to concentrate, can't be bothered attitude. And often we don't recognise that our motivation is dwaning until it's fallen really no Uh, And it can get to the stage of we don't want to get out of bed, start having more sick days, dread Monday mornings. So when our motivation is really low, then clearly it starts to impact our our well-being. And as an employer, Phil, if your people are not motivated, then that's going to affect your bottom line.
2: I, I've had that myself. There's been times in my life where most of my stress comes from is having so many kids. I've got six boys, so there's always <laughs> something going on with, with some of them. And I know for a lot of people, the stresses might be money problems, especially with the cost of living sort of over the last wee while. But I can I, I, I've been there myself. I know that, that life can be stressful, but diff, different challenges come up eh, over over time.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I would imagine at any time money would be a massive motivator for most people, but especially now given the times in which we live, as Phil says. I mean, the weird thing is, I would say money isn't a big motivator in my life, but equally, I know I have to make enough of it to put food on the table and keep a a roof over our heads. So am I lying to myself? And and what does it mean if money is a low or a high motivator in your profile, Fiona?
1: Well, you'd be surprised how many people don't have Builder, which is the money motivator in their top three. Of course, enough money to provide for your family is important, regardless of whether it's motivating for you or not. And that's where lower motivators can be important. It's what we call the hygiene factor. So you might not take a particular job because of the pay level, although obviously for some people that might be the reason. But um, regardless of how well your top motivators are being met, if you don't feel the pay is enough, then that will start to become demotivating. So it's the missing the missing factor, if you like. So, again, that's another area where by asking the right questions, I can he- help people see the reality and help them find solutions.
2: Some- Just broke up a wee bit there. I think it's OK now, thought. I know when I did my motivational maps, Builder wasn't in my top three, which I was surprised at because I always thought I was quite motivated with with, with money. If you find someone's motivation levels are low, Fiona, what sort of things can you do to help?
1: Again, Phil, when working with individuals, it's about asking the right questions to help them to find ways to boost their motivation levels. I'd start by looking at their top motivators because obviously they're most important and how well each of those are being met. So if somebody has defender, say, as their highest motivator, they're driven by stability, security, predictability. If that motivator is only being met, say, five out of 10, it's looking at what they can do to create more security, more predictability in their their world. Um, It's difficult to give specifics because it's very contextual, but it might be as simple as developing a weekly plan or asking for a progress review. In terms of low motivation in organizations, I start with the managers and help them to identify for each individual what they can do to improve things, whilst recognizing how their own drivers might be affecting their team. So let's talk about you, Phil. Two of your top three motivators come from the growth cluster. So someone who has high growth team tends to be change friendly, risk friendly, and quick at making decisions and taking action. Now, if members of your team have high defender, so that need for security, stability, and predictability, your approach is likely to be terrifying for them. So they will worry about changes, especially um, those being implemented quickly, and will need support through that. So our conversation would be about how you what you can do in order to facilitate that for them.
0: Wow. This is really in-depth. Just on this field, I'm going to drop a name here, Clang. I happen to be lucky to call a few sort of professional athletes' friends, golfers, footballers, cyclists. Clearly, their examples played no part in influencing me. But but one of them, a, a Paralympian gold medalist and world champion tandem paracyclist, Neil Faggay, he says, try to discover the thing that really drives you. Motivation tends to ebb and flow, but if you're working towards something that truly inspires you, that drive will last a lifetime. Right? He's clearly found something that works for him. But what I wondered... Having met you today is whether you believe it's possible to stay motivated to achieve your goals and not ebb and flow in the way that Neil describes.
1: Hmm. Life has ups and downs and it's inevitable that can impact motivation for some people. As Neil found the key to knowing What it is that's important to you, you know, the key is knowing what it is that's important to you and focusing on fulfilling those needs. So for lots of people, that's the stumbling block. They don't really know what it is that drives them. So identifying those drivers is key and then developing a goal that's congruent with that you know, congruent with the true you, that's a huge part, I think, of staying motivated. And I do a lot of work with people around creating emotional hooks to their goals as that's what, what really gets success.
0: Now, both Phil and I are, are self-employed. I always have been, which is a little bit scary. Knowing Phil now, as I do, I would have said in the early days of starting up, if he'd known you then, he'd been all over this trying to figure out how to make his <laughs> business successful. Presumably, you, you can plot that as well with motivational maps.
1: Yeah, as with them personal goals and identifying what drives you, developing a goal and creating an emotional hook is important. The other area where motivational maps are hugely helpful is in identifying your weaknesses. So let's say three computing graduates, since computing is my background, decide to start their own IT company. They've studied for years, they've got some great experience, they know their stuff. They gain clients, they get good testimonials, referrals coming in and their business grows. But they aren't just aren't making money. If we'd mapped them, we'd have found that all three have builder, the money motivator, low in the profiles. And I would, I'd have been able to help them to see that they needed someone to look after the financial decision, you know, either internally or outsourced to help them actually achieve that money success because that element wasn't important to them. The other thing is that motivation change, change. So just because we are driven by money today doesn't mean that we will be in five years' time. And that's one of the things I like about motivational maps is it's not solely about our personality, it changes. It's about what's important for us now in our current situation. And I think Phil said that builder wasn't a top motivator for him. It probably was at some point. But that's changed because her situation
2: has changed. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Because I, I think back to I, I started my business about 12, 13 years ago. And at that point, all you were wanting to do was make money to look after the kids, to eat, put a roof over your head. So I suppose my motivational factors were far different then to what they are now. So I'm I, I could totally see that. But when it comes to life's challenges, Fiona, is, is it possible to grow kind of better? Resilience to cope with things?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a that is an area where I work with individuals. I'm doing some resilience coaching. I like in terms of the stress bucket. I, mean, I don't know if you've come across that, but we all have a bucket. Some are small, some are large. Ready things pay into our stress bucket. And that can be negative things like snippy emails, that unexpected bill that comes through the letterbox or car breaking down. Or it can be positive things like getting married, going on holiday, having a baby. As our bucket fills, or stress bucket fills up, it can be a tiny thing that makes it overflow. Coping mechanisms are like putting holes in the buckets to let it empty. And that might be things like meditation or going for a walk. Um, but what we really want to do is make our bucket bigger as that grows our resilience. So that might be improving our problem solving skills, developing a positive growth mindset. Or you'll like this one, Phil, talking to a financial advisor to put some money money plans in yeah. place. Hmm.
0: And I definitely like that one. When you're when you're talking <laughs> about stress buckets, there, I was just I was having a quick Google as you were doing that. I'd I, I seem to see, remember Jin Lally uh, talking about stress buckets. Is that is that the, the same sort of idea as you're talking about there, Fiona? I'm not
1: actually. I, I would need to go and look that up. It's not a name I'm familiar okay. with.
0: All right. Well, no, no she's a, a sort of stress counsellor, as far as I'm aware. Uh, and I, I know I know in the course of doing like since a podcast, I've spoken to her at one point, but I can't remember what it was for exactly. Um, what exactly then is Fiona doing with, with your company, Phil? If you want to take us through that a little bit.
2: Yeah, we, we've been doing the, the motivational maps and every team member's doing, they, they do a questionnaire initially. And then once that's completed, Fiona does an individual session with them. And then the plan is that to do a team session at the, the end once everyone's completed the, the maps and had their feedback. And I must admit, when I got my feedback, my, my dominant cluster was growth. This means my primary kind of motivation comes from realizing my full potential and being all I can be. And I, I would pro- agree with that. I mean, at the minute I'm, I'm working a lot on my my fitness and health. I've always been one that's thinking, right, how can I grow and be the best, like maximize, do do the very best that I can. I, I remember years ago I worked at the Skipton Building Society and their kind of motto was to be the best at what they do. And I was like, I've always kind of looked and wanted to to sort of do that. And like I say, my, my motivation, like the probably the, the primary one initially was just to get by and survive. But now I'm thinking, right, you want to survive and thrive. That's the the thing. It's like do as, as much as I can. And, and I was interested to see what makes successful people tick, what made them kind of get there. I mean, at the minute, I'm doing a lot of work um I'm reading a book uh, just now called Think and Grow Rich. It's excellent. We'll probably do a podcast on that <laughs> at some point. But it's a like a, almost like a game changer. But I, I think it's like what what makes some people do well and others not. And and that is something I've always been fascinated by. But no, I really enjoyed the, the work we've been doing with Fiona. We're still still doing it at the moment. I know with me it came out like growth, achievement, relationships. That was the top sort of ones that, that came out for myself, but I, I've really found it to be to be very interesting, that's for sure.
0: And, and Fiona, just to sort of follow up on this, so there's Phil talking about some of the things that you've identified in him with a motivational map. You've done this for the rest of his staff as well. And what you can take from that is, well, because Phil is like this, this person will work well with Phil because they're of a similar nature and and they, you know, they, they'll they'll gel. But because that person is frightened by the way that phil behaves with his his growth profile if you like that might be a little bit scary to them and we're going to have to adjust how they work together is that is that is my take on that roughly along the right lines
1: yeah roughly i mean part of it will be for um, the individual in terms of their own growth and what they can do to boost their motivation or maintain their motivation. But a large part of it is for the leader, um, Phil in this case, in teams. So for Phil, it will be about how he can adapt his style to suit the individuals. So recognising that he is very forward thinking that he's quick to make decisions that he is happy with change and it you know taking a bit of a risk and recognizing that that's not necessarily what drives somebody else and sometimes if it's a low motivator for somebody else it can be a real cause of conflict sometimes Um, and it's being able to change your language that you use and to think about right okay this person is by security and stability, how can I make them feel more secure and stable in the change that I'm needing to make?
2: Got you. But we've got four directors at the firm, and you've got myself, who's really sort of got a growth sort of mindset and, and motivations. But some of the other guys are more, they, they they don't understand it, and they're like, look, you do well, you've kind of got a good life, the business is successful and, and makes money for you and, and they don't understand why I'm always looking to do more yeah. but I guess for me I've got like motivation factors I'd love one day like I, I've got a Summer down syndrome so I'm highly motivated to to kind of make sure that he's financially secure in the future I've got big plans that I want to kind of do charity things in the future as well. So that's the kind of drivers and motivation for me, whereas some of the other guys are just happy, thinking, right, we're just content with what we've got. We, we feel we make enough to, to get by and do what we want to do. But um, So there can be kind of conflicts there as well.
0: Yeah, and here's you wanting to open this office in Mars, Phil. What on earth are you talking about? Yeah, (laughs) it is fascinating, all of this stuff. Fiona, thank you for coming on to to sort of scratch the surface of it with us because clearly it's a multiple array of uses. If someone's thinking about finding out more, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Well, they can visit my website, which is morethanmotivation.co.uk or or they email me at fiona at morethanmotivation.co.uk. That's probably the best route.
0: Okay, now, as we always do, Phil, on your podcast, take a look at how our subject matter has affected your own life, both professionally and personally. So what do you want to focus on from today's show more than motivation?
2: Yeah, I I think it's always good to look to see how your motivation factors can help when it comes to things like personal finance. As I mentioned earlier, I'm always looking to grow. I'm motivated by helping people. Things like goal setting and planning, it's always something that I've been kind of fascinated by. And I look to see how we can incorporate motivation and goals into people's financial plans as well. So that's something I'm I'm keen to kind of look at further. But like I say, we've done the work with, with Fiona, or it's still in the process of doing that. And it is,
0: it's, it's fascinating stuff. Also in the podcast, a regular bit we delve into is your quote of the week, being a fan, as you are, of influential and motivational sayings and quotes, what you have for this week in our topic of more than motivation.
2: Financial success, as well as most success in life, is not about perfection, it's about direction.
0: Now, Phil is very keen on trying to help you with your query. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask it anonymously if that's what you prefer. Let's get on to this week's contact details in just a moment. Give it to you after this. The first one is from Liam, who says, Hi Phil, the Bank of England opted to keep the interest rate as it is. Do you think that's at peak now? And historically, once something like this peaks, does that then mean it'll start to fall again?
2: What you tend to find is things go in cycles. And I think we're probably close to having peaked in the current rate cycle. I don't think, though, it would be a shock, though, if rates were to go up again next month. The The Monetary Policy Committee, the MPC, they, they have a vote on it, and it was very close. There was only one, one vote in it last time around. So... A lot will depend on on the inflation figures, but what you might find is it may go up again, maybe go up a couple of times, and then you might have a period where things will be a bit more stable again. Now, depending on how things go after that, the next cycle could be things going down a bit. It could be rates going up a little bit more. You, you just, no, nobody knows for, for certain, but we do think, experts do sort of predict that they think that we're close to the the kind of peak on the current
0: rate cycle I hear like million people going, oh, thank God. Next up, <laughs> here's one from, uh, from Jenny and Dunfermline who asked, hi, Phil, in a discussion with friends the other day, they, they pointed out to me, being an only child and the sole beneficiary of my mum's will when she eventually passes, I'd be best advised to get my mum to sign the house over to me now to avoid paying a massive lump sum upon her death. Is this true? And if so, what's the best way to broach the subject with my mum?
2: I'd say a lot depends on what the reasons are for it. It it probably sounds like inheritance tax might be be a concern. So we we would look and say, right, are you looking to do this to avoid inheritance tax? Is it to try and avoid care home fees if she ended up in a home? There's other factors to weigh up as well. So things like your mum's age, her health, what's her future plans? That's all like important considerations as well. But what I would do is I, I kind of urge you to probably speak to to her first, see what her priorities are, and then seek professional help from there. That could be through a financial advisor, an estate planner. They they'd be the sort of people that that would be able to to start looking at solutions
0: for for them there. Just on inheritance tax, Phil, it only, I know a lot of people get sort of slightly worried about this. It only kicks in at a certain figure, doesn't it? Remind us what that number is.
2: Yeah, it's currently 325,000 is the, the current inheritance tax limit at the moment. But there's ways that you can have more than that. So, for example, if you're married, you, you've got your, uh, the, your spouse's allowance as well. There's various sort of thresholds, and that's why it's good to do a bit of planning on, on this sort of thing. You, you never know how things may change in the future, though. I mean, we're, we're probably not a huge like distance off from a general election. There's some rumours going about that some party, like the Conservative Party, are, are saying they may abolish it. Whether they will, I, I don't know. So things change as well, so it's always... Mindful to be kind of looking at that. But um, it's always good to speak to a financial planner because inheritance tax is often called a voluntary tax. There are ways that you can look to try and mitigate that. So definitely worth speaking to a financial advisor or financial planner who can try to help mitigate any potential inheritance
0: tax bills. Things you will rarely hear. I volunteer to pay this tax. (laughs) I would just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a, a lot of topics now and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 157 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. And thank you once again to today's special guest, Fiona McIntosh of More Than Motivation. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question you can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that's how you prefer things. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And also please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening.
2: Thanks very much, John. And thanks again for coming on, Fiona.
1: You're very welcome, thank you.